Yeah, Strive. Yeah, so Strive was officially born in 2012 that that winter. <laughs> How did you come up with the name? Yeah, yeah. I don't mean, tell that very. Qu- that's a good question. Yeah. Very often we we struggle with that. We went to, went to Lincoln one night, and Jess Jessica was a communications major, and she's she's very creative thinking, and uh, you know, um, has helped me a lot. Right. I'm not. I'm very business and yep. not that. Um, and so. We went back and forth on a lot of different names. I went to different websites and trying to find a logo first, but we took streaming and live and and put them together. So encouraging conversation in rethinking education with teachers, authors, and thought leaders from around the world. This is EDU with an edge. And here are your hosts, Craig Badura and Tim Holes. Welcome listeners. My name is Tim Holes. I am Craig Badura. And we have a special guest on our, our program today. We have mentioned before, Craig, that uh, when we do our little montage of this episode is brought to you by... Strive TV. Yes, we will, we will sometimes say absolutely nobody, but we have to give all credit to Strive TV and Class Intercom. And we will be talking with the gentleman who, who basically got us started. And we are sitting right next to his son right now, who we recently recorded. And we're going to have Beckett, who is, um, who is a major thought leader, um, introduce this person. So, Beckett, who are we going to talk to next? My dad. And your dad's name is? Taylor. What does Taylor do? He goes to schools and he helps Taylor, great introduction by your son, Beckett. Thank you for sharing him with us. Um, Love the kid. Uh, Taylor, thank you so much for pushing us to do what we're doing right now. You have been instrumental to both Craig and I, so thank you so much, Taylor. I I would speak for Craig. I'm sure that we are honored and blessed to um, have you as as a friend and a colleague on this educational journey. So uh, thank you so much, Taylor. You bet. That's, this is what it's all about. Yes. Relationships. Um, and it's just been a fun journey to get to know you guys through this. Yep. And we're tell gonna ta- we're tell gonna, us a little bit about your let's journey, Let's talk Taylor. a little bit about that in a little yes. bit. But yeah, before we get to that, let's go tell us about what your journey looked like. What's your story? Yeah, I, I just was at Seward yesterday, and um, I feel like I change my journey every time because I think of things as, as I'm getting older, I think of different instrumental kind of moments in my life that molded to where I'm at. And I still have a long ways to go, I hope. Um, but it all started back here in Henderson. So I was born and raised here in Henderson, Nebraska, um, which is, which is fun now to have a, a child in the school system and went to lunch there the other day and they sing happy birthday during lunch in front of all the elementary kids and just, um, the cool things that, that you remember and, and took for granted when you were there. But so moved back, <clears throat> went to Hart or moved back eventually now. But before that, I graduated from Heartland in 2003, went to Doan College, go Tigers, now Doan University, which is so hard to say, <laughs> and met my wife there. Very fortunate. She's a small town girl from Elm Creek, Jessica, and both played sports there. And then I told her we got to get the heck out of Nebraska. And she had a job lined up at Sand Hills in Lincoln. I said, nope, we're going to Colorado. So we went to Denver, got some good sales experience just in, in a business um, from a friend. Didn't get the job because of my degree. Um, that helped to have a piece of paper. But I always tell kids that it's all about your network and who you know. And this is a family friend. And he got me that job. And then he got me my next job, too. So I'm very thankful for him. And so got some good learning out there. 
worked in the residential um, home industry. And in 2007, if you remember, that's when everything crashed. Um, and so learned um, some really neat things there looking back. But there was a time where I was ready to kind of get out of that. And so we had the opportunity to move back to Lincoln. And I did some contract work. So through this friend, Gary Southern, um, he was in the heating and air conditioning business. And I don't even know if you guys know some of these stories. No, I, these are all brand new to me. <clears throat> so, yeah, t- totally random. But uh, he was has been in the heating air conditioning business his whole life. And he got a hold of this insulation machine from Owens Corning, the, the Pink Panther stuff, mm-hmm. um, and developed relationships with these guys across the country. And my territory was the Midwest to sell this insulation me- machine to heating and air conditioning guys as a new revenue stream. And so I was excited because I kind of um, was looking for something that allowed me to travel at the time. We didn't have any kids and got to just build relationships. I would go to a, for a week in Chicago and work with heating, air conditioning guys, crawl up in attics and show them how to blow insulation, mm. which was not rocket science, but it was something new yeah. to them and something that they could go on a customer's home and say, hey, by the way, this is all fine and dandy with, with your HVAC, but what you really need is insulation. So learned a ton there how to just serve, um, especially with, with Gary and what he was doing. And that kind of ran its course. Um, and then my wife decided she wanted to get a job back in Henderson and got it at the clinic, just working the front desk. And so I came back and still was doing that, had just dived into with Gary's son, Josh. He started his own web development agency and had basically self-taught himself code, went to Pepperdine in California and just built this business. And so he kind of brought me along and mentored me and we started building websites, doing social media, which is what I was really passionate about. And so I ended up buying a machine myself for a year, just shoved bags of insulation, a machine. And you guys know me, I'm not a super uh, small, <laughs> agile man, but I crawled up in attics for a year and I really? tell kids now that that made me appreciate a lot of different things and no new kind of, I didn't do a lot of manual labor growing up. I mowed lawns, but um, that motivated me to want to do something different. Um, Even though that provided some great uh, um, revenue for our family and let us survive. And I just learned how to deal with people, um, all these different things. And so did some, was doing training, then came back to the hometown and I was like, our newspaper is not covering kids how I think they should be with technology. Facebook was, was, um, coming up as a great platform and Twitter and um, nothing was really being done online to promote the kids. And so um, Jessica and I went to, this is before kids, we started just going to games and taking pictures and started a blog basically of covering what's happening at the school. And so we called it heartlandbeat.com and started a little website. We found sponsors, nothing that could support full time to do that, but just, you know, I love taking pictures and so video. Taylor, right now, yeah. this is all independent. Yeah, yeah. You're doing this all on your own, you and your wife. Yep. Yep. And she's she's working. I'm still getting income from Josh doing websites stuff. Uh, we started getting some revenue there. And and meanwhile, my parents both live here. Um, I had the opportunity, but just it never felt right to go work with my dad. He didn't really offer a job, but I always kind of knew in the back of my mind, hey, you know, maybe I could go. He does real estate and insurance. And so that was kind of, I kind of dabbled thinking about that, but it just, it never was the right time to do that. And so it forced me to go out and create something for myself, which is the best thing that ever could have happened. So yep. yeah, T- Taylor, that's 2011. If, if, if you know Taylor, Taylor is probably one of the most modest guys you will ever meet, but I'm going to ask you, Taylor, mm-hmm. I know recently through Doan University, 
yeah. Doan College at the time that you went through there. You were recently awarded. You were awarded what? Yeah, what was the award? <laughs> <laughs> so funny funny thing, I got a call this summer and from Ann Goldman, um, who went to Doan when I was there, and she's like, hey, you know, really excited to let you know you got our Young Alumni Award. And I go, wow, this is awesome. I had no idea <laughs> that was even a thing. Yes. That they had a Alumni Awards. Maybe I had seen it, but just didn't put it together. So that was cool to go back this fall. Um, and a lot of people, you know, doctors and um, some people are doing some incredible things. Um, Myron from Hampton, yes. uh, the golf coach, his wife got Parsley. Yep, he, mm-hmm. she got an award. And so it's fun just to be recognized for that. And, um, you know, you just don't think when you're you're in it, I'm in the grind, in the journey. Like you don't think about other people actually kind of taking notice, of that, especially from your college. When you're, you know? Yes, when your alma mater recognizes right. what you are doing based on the journey that you just described. That means you're doing good things, Taylor. And I know that's hard. Yeah, right, it as is. Modest yeah. as you are, it's you're probably hard for you to take that. that. But you, you've earned it. Yeah. Yep. And you deserve it. Um, so awesome. And I'll tell you, you've been an influence to me, Taylor. <laughs> but I'm going to turn that around on you. Yeah. Who have been your? In, you, you've mentioned in your story that you just told us. Um, Go ahead, Craig. Yeah. Craig's. I'm waving here, saying, "Well, stop. We just got Heartland to the best beat. part yeah, of the right. story. I will. You're interrupting the story. This is like <laughs> this where is awesome. it's all going to explode. <laughs> this is continue on with your story to this the climax of the story. And Tim's like, "Let's move on." I'm like, we're, we, "We haven't even got to the good stuff yet. We're sitting sitting in Strive we're World headquarters real, here. Real live look into our text mess, our group message right yes, now. Exactly. Um, too bad we can't do like emojis and gifs on our <laughs> podcast. Um, so yeah, Heartland Beat led to. Strive. And so I started, I went to the school board. I went to Dr. Yoder. Um, I don't know, Tim, if you had met Dr. Yoder anyway, Norm Yoder. He was my superintendent. Um, and I'll tell a story quick on that in a little bit. But he, I went to him and said, Hey, I've found out about this live streaming thing. And it, it had been around for a while. And I said, Would you pay me a certain amount of money? It was, in my mind, it was a big deal um, to go to every single Heartland game and, and live stream it on the internet for fans, home and away. And he said, yep, let's present the board. The board said, absolutely. It'd be great marketing and PR for our district. No other school kind of in the area was doing it at the time. And so I hustled and went to all these games and was gone a, gone a lot. This was still right before Jessica was actually pregnant. Um, and so we were going to have Beckett. So I started streaming in the fall. Beckett was born December 7th, so a couple of days ago, six years ago. And... Um, Heartland Beach just kind of learned how how to stream. I messed up on all the equipment that I needed, the software, all that, and figured all that out about Christmas time and did a Christmas concert at one of the churches or a big big deal on Ustream and Ustream popped up ads. And all of a sudden I was sitting there and I was like, this is not representative of the church and this is happening at the school too. Like and I can't you can't call this company. They right. they could care less. Yeah. You know. They're, they're making their money. It's a free service. So I thought there's got to be something better out there. And so I thought maybe we could start our, our own live streaming company. And so to your question through this journey, John Rubelid was a big influence. My dad um, and my mom became friends with him and, and Leslie, his wife. And he said, you should go talk to John. John's a lawyer and, and helps entrepreneurs. And, didn't, and um, so kind of just he became a mentor of mine and provide some um, advice. I wanted to scale heartlandbeat.com. So I had been doing that longer for a couple of years. And I was like, how could we do that in other little towns? But it was so labor intensive. Uh, it'd be like we'd be competing with newspapers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so when I went to him and said, hey, what if we offered schools streaming? 
Um, and he said, that's something that, you know, could go. And so his brother worked for a company called Limelight that provided us the bandwidth to be able to kind of white label a solution. And so we got approval from the Southern Nebraska Conference to stream the, the tournament in February 2012. We became a company that earlier, Strive Inc., officially, and streamed those games. And I just told this story yesterday that I don't tell a lot. And um, Milford really didn't really want us to um, stream because it was going to take away from gate sales. This is mm-hmm. before, yep. you know, and yeah, we'll yep. talk about that here in a second. <laughs> but I thought every superintendent in the conference was going to call me that Monday after the conference basketball tournament because everyone was like, this is amazing. We streamed yeah. both gyms. We had announcers, and no one called. And I was like, uh-oh. Humbling. Like, yeah, it was. All and I, sudden. You know, I, I didn't know what to do. I, we didn't have any pricing. And so it wasn't until the summer and met with Tim and um, – and York and Aurora at, with Tim there. And short story on that is I met with, with you, Tim, and, mm-hmm. and Mr. Kittle, Doug, and through John. John Rublet got the meeting, and it yeah. was in the summer, and you were having a fantastic day, I believe, <laughs> uh, based on your facial expressions. <laughs> but I was I walked out of there, and I go, there's no way he is going to let this fly. Mm-hmm. And, but you said something afterwards. You go, that was a really impressive com- uh, presentation yes. or, or whatever. So we have saying. a company. We just we, yeah. we just witnessed or heard about the found the founding of this company. What's your company called now? Then I mean, did we did you mention that? Yeah, you, Strive. Yeah, Strive. Yeah, so Strive was officially born in 2012. That that winter. How did you come up with the name? Yeah, yeah. That's, don't I mean, tell that very. Good, that's a good question. Yeah. Very often we we struggle with that. We went to, went to Lincoln one night. And Jess, Jessica was a communications major, and she's she's very creative thinking, and uh, you know um, has helped me a lot. Right. I'm not. I'm very business and yep. not that. Um, and so we went back and forth on a lot of different names. I went to different websites and trying to find a logo first, but we took streaming and live, and uh. and put them together. So the streaming streaming live was kind of our motto streaming live everywhere can't remember is before we came up with kind of helping share your school story so we took those together um we looked at huddle to be straight up we looked at huddle's pricing and we're like okay schools are paying that we could come up with something similar to that so we thought we'd be cool uh like huddle and take off the e of strive and so it's it you know, people still put an E on Strive, and, but it's <laughs> they fine. Pr- they Striv. pronounce it as Striv. Yeah, yes. Striv. Yep. But it's been, yeah. That So that's that story. So John Rublet has been a huge influence. My dad um, has helped a ton. He's got a different mind than I do, but he's taught me a lot about just serving. Um, he's done that in his business and growing that and just to serve customers and through what he does with farmers and things like that, and it's translated a lot. Um, and then just, you know, through reading books and, and things like that. So let's hit the reverse yeah. a little bit here, Taylor. Y- you graduated from Heartland, which is in Henderson, Nebraska. Yeah. You go to Doan College, which is now Doan University. What sort of degree did mm. you earn from Doan University? Yep, yep. I'm glad you brought that back up because there's a moment there that, that was pivotal for my um, my journey. So I got a business degree, mm-hmm. um, business administration and marketing and a minor in religious studies and just because I had taken most of the classes so I did it and I wanted to be a teacher before all this uh, but both my parents had started their own business and and to be honest that we're, we're gonna be edgy right and I tell this story sometimes but I found out how much teachers made and I was like no I'm not gonna do that no. like I'm not gonna make anything but the funny part is is I probably still don't make as much as right. as teachers, but 
you know, it's it's the the freedom and the journey of being an entrepreneur, and that's well, what I was built you truly to be. love doing, right? And, and the money and doesn't matter. So yeah, it, it doesn't. And you know, when you're young, you think it does, yeah. and that's what you pick a career on. And we'll we could get into that a lot. You know, I you even mentioned this, like your son was looking into being a dental hygienist. I was looking at that too. I don't know if every guidance counselor in the state gets that career is, and there's a need for it and right. it pays really well, but I would have been miserable if I would have been a dental hygienist. <laughs> but you, you hear those things in high school, you have no idea. And I, that's why I love going to talk to kids now too, is, you know, there are jobs out that haven't even been created. My, what I'm doing wasn't yeah. even 10 years know, ago thought of the you know, scope. In high, when I was in high school. So it's, it's all about just getting different experiences. But So business degree was huge. I took an entrepreneurship class my last semester of my senior year, last year. Um, and the teacher basically, and this teacher was hard-nosed, um, very tough on me, but but uh, appreciated it, Daryl Merritt. And he's retiring this year. And he basically walked in and um, said, this is an entrepreneurship class. You guys pick what you want to do. And so very I came, similar to a Don Wetrick. Yeah, it was. It was a early innovations class. Mm-hmm. Basically, you go find something that you want to do. You could start your own, or you could go to an existing and help them. And so, my dad was on the board of the local golf course at the time, Henderson Municipal Golf Course, mm-hmm. and they had been talking about changing the name and doing some stuff. I was like, convinced it was three dudes in, in the class, and I convinced the other two to, to take this um, golf course project on. And that blew my mind and opened my mind because as the golf course actually took the stuff we came up with, we surveyed people in the community. How can we make the golf course more inviting and marketing, putting a sign maybe at the interstate, changing the name was a big thing. They actually took the stuff that we did and put it into action. And that's when I was like, wow, I could mm. actually make an impact you know, on a business. And that really kind of opened my eyes to that. So when I graduated and kind of that last semester of my senior year, I just started consuming myself with... I want to start my own business, but I couldn't find that. I had to be patient with finding that problem and a solution. To that so you problem. have a piece of paper in your hand right now, certificate that says <laughs> you've graduated from Doan. Don't College know where it's at right now. A, with a business degree. <laughs> yes. So it, it's a great, you, it, it is a great institution. I received, yeah. I received my mm-hmm. master's degree through there. So don't be afraid that with right. the question that I'm going to ask you right now, it has nothing to do with Doan College, Doan University. Right. Do you feel like the classes that you took to earn that degree or certificate, were they relevant? Are you using them now? How, how much of it have you taken in and are applying? Talk to us about that. Great question. Uh, that class was huge. Entrepreneur. Um, the entrepreneurship class. And I, I got to pick that. That wasn't like, hey, you have to take that. Um, and then the marketing classes, we actually, um, Ray Kroc is his name and, or I can't remember if that's his last name, a Doan alumni out in Colorado. He's part owner of Crocs, the shoes uh-huh. and is a big Harley Davidson, um, owns a bunch of Harley Davidson stores. He donated, uh, he's dropping so many names <laughs> right now. We might not be able to get <laughs> some sponsorship on yeah, this. Right. Oh. He like invented the software and ATM machines, like really? has a ton of money. Went to Doan. He donated a Harley Davidson custom made with a Doan Tiger on it and said, hey, I'm going to give you this. You guys use this as a marketing project and raise, um, sell raffle tickets. And so that was a really cool class to go out and actually, um, you know, get out of the classroom. Um, And so that was a 
the great project and I, we still group text message with all my buddies that, are, that were in business um, about that project and ended up being my one of my best friends, Matt Heller, his grandma won the Harley mm. <laughs> um, and she bought like five tickets or something like that and she and she kept it for a while and then sold it. But just those stories and those types of classes. But yeah, overall, it's tough. I mean, accounting was horrible. I, I think I... I had to retake it, I think, or I got a D in really? accounting. Yeah. Um, and so, and Craig, I go, Craig, you can relate to that, right? Right. Yeah, it was so bad. <laughs> so tough. I can, I can. So but, you, you know, which, you know where I'm going with this. Yeah. Taylor is, I wasn't very edgy. No, no, that's okay. That's um, okay. <laughs> you think of the amount of credits that, you know, one needs to take to earn that certificate. Do you think that that could be changed, should be changed and modified? Because you mentioned marketing class and the entrepreneurship class. Right. Basically, all the stuff you took in between were hoops to jump through just so you can say, yep, these were the amount of credits you needed. Congratulations. You can now walk, turn your tassel. Good luck. Um, so I guess what I'm asking might not even be a question. Maybe I mean, I'll make it a question is why, why do we need to take these courses that seem to be jumping through hoops when – you could take those like your marketing and your entrepreneurship right. and get those things taken care of. Cause there are some kids out there, 18, 19 years old, they want to go. Mm-hmm. And we just had one on our show just, you know, last week, uh, Hunter Rodinsley. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is a kid where I truly feel like college might be holding that young man back. Um, hundred percent. Yes. I told, we told him that. So college yeah, is in an interesting spot, right? The, the return on investment because the cost is so high is being questioned by this next generation yeah. or at least the parents like, mm-hmm. Parents can't afford it, right? Craig's pointing at himself. It's <laughs> it's so darn expensive. But I'll be honest, I went to Doan College because I wanted to play basketball. Mm-hmm. Right. So it was very sports-driven. Yeah. Yep. And then the education was secondary, and I think you're seeing that. I mean, you look at University of Nebraska with the f- football players going yeah. there this weekend. Well, they at, say they're going school. to education. education. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and high schools competing, you know, trying to recruit students yes. for athletics. So athletics was huge and was very important. I'm still friends with those guys and um, – that was huge, but Le- I think there are leadership. Yes, right. There's obvious leadership opportunities are they're layered, yes. but yes. but yeah, everything's being questioned because of the the cost. Um, and but yeah, are you my some of my best friends are from college, so it's hard to to you know not say bad things, but to yeah. question that experience because I wouldn't have tra- I wouldn't trade that for the world. But it's like if I were to do it over again. I, but I, I wouldn't have met. The, I wouldn't have met my wife. Like, yeah, right. And now you, when you have kids, you're like, okay, what's their journey supposed to be so like? So that college tuition was well worth. Yeah, it right. You got to meet your wife. Great so return on investment for me. It's part of the game of life right now. Yeah. Is it's we need that experience. We're telling our own yeah. kids, and I want it for my kids because I yeah. did. I had some great experiences in college. I don't know about you, Tim, but um, I met I'd, my wife in college. <laughs> there so you yes, go. It was well worth it. Your better half. Yes, yes. Carney State College. Back in the day when it was a state college. <laughs> Wayne State. That's Carney a long state. time ago. Um, but yeah, so I, I, I struggle with that. Now, I want to ask you, let's move on a little bit here. Who are your influences today? So you've talked a lot about past influences yeah. growing up um, in college. Who are your influences that you... Uh, that that make you you today? Yeah, you're leading me into someone you want me to talk about. But honestly... You know, there's the people that I interact with face to face and and things like that. But Gary Vaynerchuk has probably been the largest influence that I can, you know, up until this point in my life. Um, Just he's blown my mind with the things that he's done. And he always says, don't, um, what is it? Don't watch 
watch what I do, don't do what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, just like pay attention to kind of what I'm doing and see how you can do it. And treating your company as a media company. So really, really grabbed a hold of that with Strive. Um, so I knew that live streaming was going to get us in the door to, you know, be able to to provide the service. And Dr. Yoder really had the light bulb moment for me when he said, because I was trying to figure out how to, how do I scale this? How do I go to all these schools to provide the service? He goes, you can't. And I knew I couldn't, but he said, if you want to work with schools, you need to make this educational mm-hmm. and you need to make it educational for students. And that was a light bulb moment, but turning it into a actual media company where we're actually sharing stories and creating content um, has been huge. Taylor mentioned Gary V, and if you are not following Gary V, he is everywhere on about any social media platform. When you do, or when you do connect with those platforms, you will find quickly find out it's one hundred percent hustle, one hundred percent of the time. So Taylor, yeah. going on with the the Gary V mindset, um, you obviously have it. Your story alone that you just yeah. told us uh, is evident of your hustle. So. Uh, let's with our listeners, educators, administrators, is is that something? Because we know in schools there are some mm-hmm. kids that just they don't have yeah. the hustle. Hunter brought up a great point that every kid has a passion. Yes, but we just need to find it, and they usually hustle for the passion that they have. Right. So how do we get that to every kid? You go through a lot of schools, mm-hmm. Taylor, and you've seen those kids. How do we do that? How, how do educators, how do administrators, how do parents, how do we get that hustle out of kids? Besides the evident question that we've heard so far, find their passion right. and let them roll with it. How do we get them to be that way, like Gary Vee, 100% hustle, 100% of the time? Yeah, I mean, that's that's the question we're all uh, of us, you know, the Don Wetricks and everyone's trying to figure out. And how we get on, my big thing is, and why I wanted you guys to start the podcast is that just brings people together, the ideas and to, to what we're saying, you know, kind of rethinking education and just being like, hey, it doesn't always have to be like this. And that's, it's super tough. I haven't, you know, I, I do, I go around a lot in the state of Nebraska. I'm looking forward with Class Intercom to going outside the state of Nebraska because I feel like my my educational view is is a little bit um in a box right now with Nebraska because Nebraska does have a lot of great schools and mm-hmm. a lot of great things going on. But I've been reading a lot about all these successful entrepreneurs and innovators um, that they they sucked at school mm-hmm. and because they had they were diagnosed with ADD or uh, bipolar or dyslexia. Yeah, dyslexia, Labels. literally reading that in this book right now of all these people. And so they, they couldn't do school. And so but now once they got out of that box, yep. they're just you know, flourishing. And so how do you create that environment in a school is, is going to be the next question and the next, you know, it's got to happen now fast because school kids are going to start, you know, figuring that out and um, educators are going to start kind of telling them and we've already are seeing that, you know, unless you have a Don Wetrick innovations class, you know, you're just doing a disservice to the students. Um, and so, you know, there's a lot of talk about, you know, what charter schools and things like that. I don't think that's the answer. I think it's got to happen organically and grassroots inside the school. And you got to get these, the champions in the school to kind of see a kid like that and be aware of, okay, this kid is, is different. I need to teach them differently, but, and it's super it's hard with, with so many things. Yes. I don't, there, we don't have the answer yet. Mm-hmm. I think 
through these types of conversations. I've thrown out the, you know, just having a meal with people, uh, campfire thing and yeah. telling story. I'm obsessed with stories. We need to share more stories. We need more hunters. Uh, they're out there. Yeah. Taylor Clayson's one. Yeah. That video she just posted yeah. was on fire. Yeah. Um, and so why should, why couldn't she have created that last year mm-hmm. during school, right? Yeah. She went up to Northeast. Like, the more more you can get your kids out of your school, the better. And we've got to understand that that's, there's value to that. Technology can allow that. Yeah. I mean, you can Google Hangout, you can Skype, you can FaceTime, whatever you with people around the world. We've mentioned that on our podcast before. Mm-hmm. And what you've just mentioned, it's, it's easier to do with an elective sort of class. And sometimes we feel like we're in this maybe higher stakes type testing yeah. mode that, you know, they say we're, we're data driven, but so many people, but we're student driven. Yeah. I get that. Uh, but the data that we receive kind of leads our instruction and guides our instruction. With what where I want to go is how can we do what you're kind of like that entrepreneurship class yeah. and make that more into the core classes, get those kids out and about you take an account, you know, a math class that yeah. leads to accounting. Sure, you can yeah. take you can take them on a pathway that they can go to the local bank. I understand that, but how do we get that passion into kids for math and science and reading and language and social studies? I, that's that's what we're trying to figure out. There's so many ideas out there. Yep. Uh, Craig and I have mentioned edutainment. We all we go to yeah. these edu breakout sessions. We go to these professional learning opportunities, and sometimes we feel like, hey, you have to do this, which will work. And I'm not saying they don't work, but then as soon as everyone else is using that strategy, the kids might say, okay, we need something else. Bring it, teach. What do you got? Yeah. So eliminating the fact that I, we have to adjust, we have to adapt, we have to find the best pedagogy, the best practices, getting to the point where the kids can come to school like Beckett, who we just talked right. to, yep. kindergarten, first grade, they're skipping to school and they're skipping out of school. I mean, that, like, when I mean, I mean, it's not, I'm yeah. not talking skipping school, they're skipping to school right. and they're skipping and running they're out of school. They're, they're happy, they're Excited great. Excited to be there. But as soon as, you know, that you get that upper elementary, junior high, high school, I mean, they're trudging to school and they're dragging out of school. Those are the conversations we need to have and we just need to continue those. Yeah, you stole what I was going to say is, <laughs> is how do we keep that excitement and not to make it fun, but just make it, that they want to, they want to be there. And, you know, I texted you guys about the conversation, like Beckett generally is, he's, this is his first semester of kindergarten and he's still, you know, wants, wants to be there, you know, uh, which excites me, but I know there's going to be a point where he's going to wake up one morning and not want to go. And that's going to, you know, why is that? What, what is happening? And I credit the kindergarten teachers, you know, across everywhere you work with them, Craig, and I'd love to get your insight, but they make it fun. And that's, you know, they're just, they're learning how to read. There's some big moments, right? Um, but yeah, when I talked to that third grader, he said he wasn't looking forward to school. Um, well, but it's the third grade was... time, it's the, the times tables that are timed that destroyed me. Greg, I get 20 out of 80, and you just kind of trudge through going, oh, God, here we go again. You get those anxieties, and you get nervous. Yeah. yeah I'm trying to think of where I lost that interest. Yeah, me too. I'm, I'm starting to reflect. Because we see that a lot. Again, we're speaking with uh, Taylor Siebert, uh, CEO uh, of Strive TV, Class Intercom on uh, EDU today. Really excited to have him here. So we've been just talking a little bit of uh, EDU and how we lose our passion or how our kids lose our passion. So, you know, if you're listening to this, give us a comment. What do you guys think? When when did you lose your yeah. passion for school? Did you lose your passion for school? I know 
school for me once I got to middle school was about sports and girls, right? Yeah. I mean, so how do we make that more relevant to those kids? All right, so we're going to go on to, uh, so you, you've given us your backstory about Strive TV. Um, you have how many employees now do you have with Strive TV? Yeah, so we've got Eric, Austin, and Sarah full-time. And so we have we have two what you call millennials, and then Eric's uh, a couple years older than me. And I don't know if it was intentional on this or not, but they're all from small Nebraska towns. And didn't know Austin and knew Eric through Tony Chapman, who um, helps us. He's got a full-time job with Pinnacle Bank, but is just a storyteller and met him through Twitter. And so Tony and Eric are cousins, and Eric had been in radio for several years and kind of was looking to move back to this area, originally from Geneva. Austin is a Hastings College broadcast journalism and met him through a professor that I that I met, and he's from Johnson Brock. And then Sarah, uh, we just brought her on. She actually went to Heartland and so covered her when she was in high school. And she's a communications major from Westland, so we've got the GPAC uh covered well there even though Westland now they left but um you know just small town kids um and it's been fun to we all have different strengths and in subconsciously I think that's I've done that but as I look back I'm like wow we really have a a cool team with Eric handling the the audio side of things when we think about when I talk about new media with schools we we kind of talk about four different things audio video um so um you know, photography, like pictures, um, photos, and then written word. And Gary Vee always talks about there's three different, you know, audio, video, yep. and written word. And then we have those covered. Austin kind of covers video and photo, and Eric does audio, and Sarah's our writer. And I'm not sure what I'm supposed to be doing anymore, but um, <laughs> you guys I suppose work so to, well together. Yeah, yeah take care of them. When they come in. So, so when you when you created and developed that team, when you were looking for the team, yeah. this is this might be for a lot of the guidance counselors out here that yeah. maybe pushing certain things when yes. it comes to um, applications, Love it. resumes. How did you find those people? And the reason why I bring up guidance counselors, and I know it's a generational thing, Taylor. I mean, you're yeah. you're a different generation than Craig and I. Craig and I are you were used to. I, I remember handwriting my first application, which yep. led to <laughs> typing it, which then led to an online submission yeah. type of a thing. So, Taylor, tell us, how did you find that team? What formalities did you go through, or was it a totally different process than what Craig and I were used to? Yeah, I mean, so it is It is different. I'm a gosh. Taylor's Sorry, trying, trying, I'm trying we're, we're actually at Strive HQ right now. <laughs> we we know Taylor is trying to I didn't wear my overalls like pennies and try to save as much money as possible. We are sitting in a room that's about 50 degrees right now. And we and could to, hang a side of beef in yeah, here right now. He just turned up the heat. So. <laughs> no, it's all word of mouth. Yes. And that's how I got my jobs. And I'm a small sample set. But I think what I w- would like to really teach kids, not only the entrepreneurship stuff and helping um, – administrators and educators figure out who those kids are when they're in high school. And that's tough. Like uh, perfect example. I was in FBLA, but I was not invited to state and I never went to nationals. Mm -hmm. Now I'm a future business leader of America. I own my own business, but I couldn't take a test. I, I bombed the ACT. I'm thankful I got into college. It don't accept, accepted me with my score. It's because you could play basketball. But yeah, that, that helped. But I work, I like to work. I knew I had to work harder than everyone else, but I, I don't think I have ADD or any, I've, I had asthma growing up. That's about all, all I know. Um, but 
That was supposed to be funny. You guys were supposed <laughs> no. to laugh. At that. Um, <laughs> I'll insert a, as I'm a wheezing sound effect in there. Yeah, wheezing sound effect. <laughs> but uh, like helping schools kind of identify that. And now I just got way off track on what your question was. How, how oh, you, found, yeah, how you found your team where we have the traditional fill yeah. out this application. We'll read through them. I'm guessing that's probably you, you did not. Yeah. Do so I'm, I'm a small sample set. I, I, it's all through network and relationships. So helping students understand that in high school is you know how you're representing yourself online digitally can really maybe lead to a job and I'm, I have tons of students in my head that are doing that and it's going to pay off for them because of what they're doing on social media and oh yeah I know this this person that person and help connect the dots and network I feel like you guys are are really good at that but we can help educators understand that because that's what it's all about and your mission statement of strive is is tell it because you just said it right there you want to help schools share their story and you are big with using social media and using it correctly and i'm I'm, this is a guess and i'm probably tell me if i'm wrong you probably looked through your team's social media yeah you know their stream and said hey they're represent this is someone who i would want to represent my company yep yep uh yeah, I looked at Eric's and saw something in his description, and he I, we've never actually talked about. But I texted Tony. I was like, "Hey, does he know?" And he didn't even he had forgotten that he had he had a cuss word in there. I was like, "Hey, we work with schools. Like, you need yeah. to be careful." And he changed immediately. And so it's been fun because all three of them are you know have social media, but they weren't super active. They weren't building a personal mm-hmm. brand. But now bringing him into our team and kind of getting him into what my mindset is and that storytelling and. Honestly, mm-hmm. what, what the influence Gary Vee has had to see them right. kind of shift and grow in that, and Eric now understanding his, how big his personal brand is, and Austin through our brand, and Sarah as she's kind of running the Strive U type stuff, grow in that um, and kind of mold them. And so, if you yeah, if you're in high school, um, can't emphasize more on on building that portfolio portfolio online because that's real world, authentic, raw. Um, and so be careful with what you retweet and what you're sharing because it's a reflection of who you are. And I'm careful with what I share at Gary Vee's, mm-hmm. you know, because of mm-hmm. some of the language he uses. Like, just it's yep. it's a real thing. Your social media is your resume live. Yeah. It's a live resume. Yeah, it's just a feed. Um, but, yeah, having that piece of paper, I, I really feel – I told this to some students at York at their digital leadership kind of panel that we were on. I was like, that's great, but I want to see something you've actually done and created – um, and out there in the real world. Yes. So yeah. great stuff. What's your company look like 10 years yeah. from now? Yeah. I like that question. Um, it's so tough because, um, I'm always testing and experimenting and, and trying to figure out not what's next, but just kind of trying to be ahead of the game. I feel like class intercom is a great example of that. Um, and that was all born from just networking and getting to know people and uh, becoming friends with Ben and then inviting Ben to a conference to talk to kids and he's seeing a sticky note with username and password to a school's Twitter account Mm -hmm. and going, okay, I can help with that, but knowing that he didn't know anything about education and then coming to me and saying, hey, could you do this? We form a new company and just always just looking. Um, I've got so many irons in the fire right now with what you guys are, what we want to do with edgy.edu that I feel needs to be done some stuff with athletic directors and culture and leadership around social media and building that um with class intercom in seven different states right now and and traveling and so i'm pumped for the future i i can't say what it's going to look like because i 
I don't know because if you would ask me two years ago that mm-hmm. we would have had class intercom, I, I kind of had it in my head. I said, hey, it'd be great if we could like kind of maybe have a way for schools to tweet something out from Strive in their dashboard. And now this is totally mm-hmm. different than that and way yeah. better, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But storytelling is always going to be there. And I'm super passionate about just how we can empower students to be better storytellers and help with communication in their school because they're, you know, Cameron Hudson um, told me this, which kind of opened up my eyes. Students are your number one asset in your school. Mm-hmm. And so if we can get them bought into that, then the culture changes. I think you're seeing that at Hampton yes. um, with social media. I just talked to Bonnie Noel, Noel at Deschler. They're sending out happy birthday tweets and the kids are high-fiving each other in the hallways. Yeah. And, like, she got emotional about it because it, they used to put them on a bulletin board yeah. and no one saw them. And yeah. now they're tweeting them out and kids are taking notice of that because yeah. that's where they live. You broke tradition. And you, yeah. You lived, Just got into things. their world. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Good stuff. We could keep talking. That's that's way too long. One for the road. One for the road. We're about ready to wrap up. Taylor, and you know what you usually do? You've, you've helped us through this. Who, who would you suggest that our listeners yeah. I actually follow? have one. You. Yeah. Um, Fieldhouse Media. Oh, uh, yes. They, they are, I'm looking at them and want to create something um, for high schools around that. They work with colleges. They work with UNL and uh, colleges across the country to kind of train student athletes on building their personal brand. And yeah. I, I feel passionate about that, that we can integrate that into what we're doing. And so talking to some folks on figuring out how to do that and talking to ADs and um, how can we help with that. And I think you got to get your coaches mm-hmm. to understand mm-hmm. that first yeah. because – uh, they are a huge influence on these kids yeah, because bet. they're with them. They're in the yep. grind and doing battle. And so if you can get them on board to get it, then you can really have an effect on the kids. So Fieldhouse Media, give them a follow. Kevin is the guy that runs that, and I don't know how to pronounce his last name, but we, I'll give you the links. You can look yep. Taylor, thank you so much for being an thank influence you. to both Craig and I. You keep doing great things, and we look forward to uh, seeing where things go in the future for Strive and Class Intercom. So thank you so much. This has been EDU with an Edge. If you like listening to this, please subscribe. Hey, thanks, Beckett. If you would also share it with a friend, we'd appreciate that. You could also leave feedback either on SoundCloud or iTunes.